0: This is v Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v the Sports Betting Network.
3: And we begin the Friday edition of Big Bets here on v Dave Ross and Amal Shaw here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Great shirt, Amal. Thank you. Uh, we got a good show today. We've got Nick Whalen's going to join us as he does each and every Friday. we we'll get Nick's thoughts on the NFL as we get down to the Elite Eight, if you will. Jordan Sherwood's going to join us from Chicago in hour number two to break down everything in UFC 283. Cannot wait to get Jordan's insight there. Going to have Jordan on uh, First Strike, our podcast, a little bit later on in the program today across the VEASAN dial, if you will. But I do want to start with huge news down under. Yes. And we talked about yesterday that this was a two-horse race. Now, remember... We knew that Novak Djokovic was the odds on favor to win this the men's side. Mm-hmm. At about minus a dollar ten and went up to about minus a dollar twenty. That's where I got it before the draw once the draw came out. And then we saw once Rafa went out, the reigning defending champion, he gone. So we thought, okay, well now it's just down to Medvedev and the Joker. But then Novak's got this hip issue. He goes to plus money. So you can get Novak Djokovic still today here at DraftKings at plus a dollar ten. And Daniel Medvedev went to about what? plus Plus three dollars. Yeah, three dollars. He got really shorted in the marketplace. Well, don't look for his name up there anymore, because he gone. In straight sets, Sebastian Korda, like I'm feeling so old because I remember Peter Korda, a great tennis player, and now here's Sebastian Korda, and he knocks off Medvedev in straight sets. and now Zizipas is the second favorite behind Joker at plus 650. Are we worried now? We're going to have, if Joker is banged up, if he can't, he's still plus money. But if he's healthy, this would be, what would he be? Four to one? Probably.
4: I mean, you're talking Joker, obviously, is left. But you lost Nadal, Medvedev, Taylor Fritz, Alexander Zverev, Caspar uh, Rood, all gone. Wow. By the so, way, when you said Pass, I thought there was an episode of
3: Entourage. And he's like, the word is... Sitsi fly, Sitzie fly, Sitzie pass. Stephanos' name has been pronounced so many different ways through the years. How do you how do you say? Because I've heard Sitzie pass. I can't say it on air how I say it. It
4: um, <laughs> will get you. We'll get called down to a meeting. It rhymes with Mitch. But I'll tell you right now, uh, Stephanos Sitzie pass. Um, I tell you what he. He,
3: he is a Mitch. Well, and here's the thing with it. We, we know he's, um, you see quarter now, nine to one after beating uh, Medvedev, or excuse me, after being, yeah, Daniil in straight sets. And then Rune at seven to one, his center at 12 to one. I mean, we're going down the board here, Maul. Is there anybody else that you would think about playing besides the Joker, even though he's banged up with the hip? Uh, If
4: Andy Murray hadn't been dragged through 10 hours in two matches in five sets, I would say Murray, even though he's got that hip replacement. Remember, he's lost the Australian Open five times, four times to the Joker. Um, There's nobody else. Listen, if Novak's uh, hamstring is okay, this thing is going to be absolutely done and dusted. Remember, in 2021, he had an oblique issue. He overcame that. He had four matches to go. He was injured during the match. You could see him wincing. Still fights through after having a two-set lead. Ends up in a fifth set. Wins it. I think it's the joker all day. I mean, to have Rafa, Medvedev, Rude, Fritz, and Zverev, Mm. I don't think you could literally pick five guys that you would want gone more that could potentially challenge Rafa, I'm sorry, uh, Novak, in this tournament that are gone. And then remember, Nick Kyrgios wasn't even able to go because he's going to have knee surgery. I mean, this this is the dream. This is the nightmare that I'm still living when Ohio State didn't execute against Georgia with TCU waiting on the other end. This is Novak's TCU. It, can Federer
3: still get in this thing is it too late for Roger to come back
0: i mean
4: Roger's <laughs> definitely this getting, getting into the Roger's definitely getting into the quarters with these stiffs left are you kidding <laughs> well, me we're so, talking so,
5: about so, is this a, is this a, is it worth the gamble on the injury at this number it is because he's chasing history okay. right he knows and that's what i kind of feel like too
3: Look, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna,
4: he's going to have to be severely banged up. Half these stiffs are here, they'll beat themselves. He doesn't have to do anything. He's just got to put the ball in play. <laughs> they'll airmail one. They'll hit one into the middle of the net.
5: He'll be fine. Okay. Then I, the other question I got real quick because this fascinates me. Sebastian Cord, obviously, the, obviously the huge the huge upset. Yeah. But are those odds reflective of really where his game is currently at, or or, or is it, is there, are those a little too short? Well, based on the rest of the field, it's not short. He doesn't
4: doesn't have any flaws in his game. Uh, He's 22. He's an absolute dude. I mean, this guy can do it all. His family's amazing. Yeah. That's uh, why I wanted to bring it up. Well, Nellie Korda, his sister, and I forgot his other sister's name. Both uh, great uh, golfers.
5: Jessica. They're,
4: they're, They're amazing golfers. Well, here's the best part. Father won the Australian Open. Oh, yeah. The mother won a tournament in Australia, and the two sisters won LPGA tournaments in Melbourne and in Adelaide. If my last name is Quarter, I wouldn't be here. I'd be playing somewhere on a professional tour. I just find it amazing that both your parents are professional tennis players. He makes it, and then both the sisters make it on the
3: PGA Tour. Yes, Jessica Yeah, And Peter's a very good golfer now in his own right in his advancing age. But, you know, for those that are old like me that can remember Peter Quarter's game, it was crafty. The cra- you know, like he wasn't a, a big, big hitter, right? He was a guy that was going to beat you with spin. And he was going to try to, you know, switch pace on you a little bit. What about Sebastian? What's the game like for him? Because we know what Joker, when healthy, brings, and that's that backboard mentality that yeah. you just can't get anything by me. Well, Sebastian's got good power, good serve. Um, you know, he's got an all-court
4: game. He just needs to kind of be a little bit more consistent. By the way, Kelly, do you know why he remembers Peter Cordes so well?
5: No. Well, what, what, was he in uh, a few Good Men or something? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good guess. It's no, to me, it's, it's
4: about the when Peter Corda was relevant it was about the last time the Cowboys were winning Super Bowl. Oh, oh my okay, so, okay.
3: He had great hair like you. It was it was very spiky. Remember you'd spike up his hair, Peter Corder. Like let he, me tell you, I dye my hair gray. I'm just trying to make it a fair fight out there. <laughs> so I look at the rest of the board too, and I just go like to me, what well, we've had three American men now in the first time since what 2005 that they've knocked off top ten seeds in in a given Slam here since you know in in two decades almost. I mean, is this Maybe what we've been waiting for here in good old U.S. of A that we've got a young cro- crop of players that can actually compete in the it's, grand stage.
4: It's unbelievable. By the way, the greatest name in tennis is playing tonight an American, Katie Bo- mm. volley It's actually Balinets, volley- actually. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing, right? I mispronounced her name. She's going good young player. I mean, you've got so many Americans. pagula has got a legitimate shot to she win does. this thing. Uh, Kelly, if you have the price on that one, I would look at that one. The Americans are doing so well. By the way, though, uh, Tiafa goes by the wayside. Yep. I'm telling you, Francis, to me,
3: is not as good as other people think he is. Well, like, uh, Tiafo D.C., for those that don't know yeah. from Washington, D.C., like, he is – He's such a guy that everybody that's rooting for because sure, he's of course. so charismatic, he's likeable, yeah, right? Absolutely. absolutely. But we're seeing other American men now that are starting to make their way in women. Now that Serena is done, you know, we're looking for that next crop of great American players, either on the men's or women's side. I wonder if we're starting to find some.
5: Mugulah seven to one to win it all. Good and bet. That's minus, a very good bet. Minus two hundred five in her match against Krachikova.
4: Wow. She's going to destroy Krachikova. I know Barbora got through her last match, but comfortably. But I. Pagula last night, I didn't bet her, and I'm mad because I was like, ah, Kostiuk at 345, Pagula was 345, 350. I said she could
3: put, present some challenges. 6-2-6, mm-hmm. six, six, love. No problem. No problem. Now she's rolling. So, again, we we do have a lot. and I, I always say this, especially at the Australian Open, and certainly at Wimbledon, we're, we're looking for here in the United States Certainly, we like to wager on some of our Americans. Uh, and we're starting to get a young crop come through. And maybe it's 7 to 1, Pagula is somebody to look at on the women's side.
4: No question about it. We could have potentially, I haven't seen the draw on the women's side. I haven't paid that close attention to it. But we could potentially have, I don't know if they are on opposite sides of the draw, mm-hmm. but either a semis or even a quarter with Goff and Pagula. And b- both of them are doubles partners. They played, they went wow. to the French Open. Uh, finals and lost there, but I mean, it, this is going to be a tremendous run here for the Americans. I, I think there's a great opportunity. I really believe Jessica's going to win this thing.
3: Well, when I look at Pegula against potentially uh, against uh, Goff at nine to one, and they know each other so well as being doubles mm-hmm. partners, how do you how do you do that? Because it's like I know you, you know me. We know exactly what we like to do on the court. Yeah, you do, but you know, again, it, it, you got to execute. Uh, and then the other thing
4: is doubles is a different game. You know, it's like college football compared to the NFL, two completely different sports. So I think from that standpoint, the women's is going to be great. Unfortunately, Danielle Collins loses to Rybakina yesterday. Mm Rybakina was fantastic. Uh, Should be a lot of fun. Maria Sakari, gone. I'm telling you right now, you should never, ever bet Maria Sakari in a Grand Slam tournament (laughs) unless you, A, hate money. But instead of doing that (laughs) and betting on it, just donate money to your local food bank. So Pagula
5: and Coco would meet in the semis. Semis, okay. That'd be a good one to watch. Absolutely. Very
3: quickly before we take our first break of the show, we saw Loyola Marymount, LMU, beat the Zags last night by one, 68-67. So if you had LMU in the money line, that's certainly cash, and obviously the points didn't even need them. That was a home winning streak for Gonzaga that's halted at 76 wins. And I don't believe LMU would beat the Zags since the early 90s. That is correct. And i uh, tell you what, I took the
4: Zags in-game minus a point and a half. I thought, you know, come on, they're at the kennel. They're going to find a way through. No siree. And uh, Drew Timmy, the 40-year-old, couldn't even get past those college kids. <laughs>
5: what <laughs> the, keep, the old man <laughs> couldn't beat the kids? Keep collecting those NIL checks, baby, while you can. In a year, he's going to have ARP discounts. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is something we talked about yesterday
3: on the show. Like A lot of people are going to fill out the brackets and kind of auto-move up Gonzaga in the brackets to the Elite Eight in the Final Four. This isn't your dad's Gonzaga Bulldogs. No,
4: but give UCLA a ton of credit last night. Come from behind. Arizona State hits a half-court shot at the break. They're up by five. UCLA just flips the switch. Mm. I, I'll tell you what, Mick Cronin had to have one of the great halftime speeches of all time. They come out, they destroy ASU in the second half to win the game by 12. So a 17-point second-half turnaround in that one.
3: Uh, Very quickly, are we starting to... The general public believing that Mick Cronin knows what he's doing? Because I know when he was at Cincinnati, they said, this guy's going to be the new Wizard of Westwood? I always thought he was a really good coach. Yeah. You see... My only issue with him is he's got that Bob Knight temperament. Right. And they're uh, like, that doesn't feel like L.A., Steve Yeah, Latton. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jim Herrick, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, it's, it's so far, it seems to be working for Mick Cronin and Company. A great uh, second half victory last night. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about those uh, NFL divisional rounds and preview the final four in the NFL this weekend. We got eight. We're going to cut it down to four once it's all said and done come Sunday. Just getting it started. It is Big Bets here on VCIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest games, while the VEASAN experts have got you covered, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits are going to let you see where the money and bets are moving for every single game. Deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where experts break down the brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for just $9.99. Part of the Sports Betting Network. That's VSIN slash subscribe. Back alongside of Mall Shaw, Dave Ross here. We roll on this edition of Big Bets on a Friday, which means we are 24 hours away from the first two rounds, first two games of the divisional playoffs. And then the final two. Let's go. I mean let's kick them off now, Dave. Let's go. I noticed ever so slight a move in this Chiefs and Jaguars game. Now, I believe it opened up around eight and a half, nine. Bet up to nine and a half. Never saw it hit 10. Kelly, maybe you did. I did not. I did not, but I'm seeing, yeah, nine and a halfs are back. Okay. So we have we have a nine here at South Point. Now the total has jumped. That was about 15 and a half, 51 when it first came out. That's going all the way up to 53, and now it's kind of held there. But Amal, you're seeing some slight movement back to nine. Kelly's seeing some buyback to nine and a half here. What's going on with this? These are slight moves. We know how tight these lines are in the NFL, but they are just moving a half point here and there.
4: First of all, Kelly hasn't seen anything. He stopped paying attention when his Vikings got bounced. but
5: All those bets cashed, baby, except say, for last week, okay? All those the cash bets cashed. Cash. I,
4: I didn't say anything about that. I just said that because it was the Chiefs-Jaguars <laughs> game. It didn't involve Minnesota. That's why I said that. But, um, you know, look, I brought this up early in the week. Kansas City dominated the game last time these two yep. teams met. I think we talk about recency bias. I think it's been a plague this week with the Giants. With the Jaguars, um, to me, I think with Dallas, I think people are looking at these teams. that Look, there were flaws in teams that they beat. It wasn't like they went in there and beat the 85 Bears, and all of a sudden they were moving the ball at will. You know, Jacksonville is a Mike Rabel run call on third down and six away from watching this game on their couch like
3: everybody else. No doubt. I will say this, though. I thought that in the game against Jacksonville, which was, for all intents and purposes, a playoff game, Trevor Lawrence did not play well for four quarters. And then he was awful for one and three-quarters quarters quarters against the Chargers. And then it was right after the two-minute warning when they got that first touchdown drive right before the half, 27-7, and then, boom, something clicked. It went back to the Trevor Lawrence, who had been one of the best signal callers in the NFL over the last seven weeks.
5: Yeah, last second half of the season. Yeah, Look, I think Lawrence and what the Jags did that second half of the season is impressive. Uh, They turned into, I think, a pretty good football team. But what Amal's talking about, I think the recency bias applies even more to the Giants, Amal, because I think there's the that that idea of those two teams with such good records playing each other last week and you knock off a, what was it, three or four, four loss Vikings team. Mm-hmm. Knocked uh, you know, knock them out of things. But the the Jags, it's like, I I don't it's like people are looking past them, barely getting by. In both of these last two games, right? Right. I mean, it's a required a 30-point comeback last week. And then you're talking about a, or what, 27-point comeback um, last week. And then it was a Titans, you know, fumble six against Josh Dobbs that you had to 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 even get in the playoffs.
3: Let me put it this way then, gentlemen, because I am kind of buying in that I think they can play at least a good first half. Again, I don't know if they will be a four-quarter team here, but I think they'll play... Really good carryover football for that first half. And let's see if they don't turn it over if they're still in this thing. But let me ask you this question. What would the number be if the Chargers had held on? Because remember, it it would be the Chargers going to Kansas City, not the Jags. And Buffalo, Cincinnati would still be happening. What would that number be? Four? Five? And this number is nine. Now, again, the Chargers had to have an epic fail. They had to throw up all over themselves in the second half to figure out a way to lose that game. But I think we all, consensus, believe that's a much better football team that would be playing the Chiefs than the Jags. Are, there, are they still four points separating in the line? Because remember, the
5: Chargers are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Jags. I'd make it Chargers plus six-and-a-half.
4: I tend to agree with you there, but I just wanted to disagree with Dave just to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, in reality, I, I liked did. the question. I was just no, saying, no, he's, he's absolutely right. I think universally most of us would agree, or at least of the belief that the chargers as a whole are a better team than Jacksonville. Now it didn't play out that way last weekend and give Jacksonville a ton of credit for coming from behind. Mm-hmm. But to me, I, I tend to agree with you. Look, I think this is the correct move. I see a lot of other people I know on Jacksonville. I tend to disagree with it. I think the Jaguars are in trouble in this game. I didn't bet this game. You know, I think one of the thing that's beneficial for Kansas city is it's a day game. I think the chiefs will be just fine. Comfortable moving the ball. Won't weather. Won't be that much of a factor in all likelihood. If you give Mahomes and these guys a little bit of time, they're going to pick you apart. Can they get enough pressure consistently?
3: That's going to be the key. How do, do you mush rush, right? Or do you just send one extra guy, make Mahomes move in the pocket? Oh, by the way, you can do that pretty well, too. I don't know how you defend them, like what the right recipe is for a D coordinator and what you try to do. Like, I think it's going to be different in the second game with the Giants and the Eagles. And I mentioned this earlier in the week with you. I really am trusting Link Martindale here as a D coordinator of the Giants to say, oh, you're not hurt anymore? You're not on the injury report, Jalen Hurts? We're going to find out. You know why? I'm going to blitz the hell out of you. They're going to be sending people at him. And I think Kayvon Thibodeau has the opportunity. I saw Lawrence Taylor tweet how pumped up he was for Saturday. I said, can you still play? But, like, look, nobody's LT. Nobody. Kayvon Thibodeau is going to have an opportunity to have Giant fans think, oh, man. It's been a long time since we had a linebacker playing the edge that can get after the quarterback like five can for the guys in blue. You know, it's funny. I still think back to that time. The
4: idiot from, I don't know if it was from New England or or Chicago when they asked about Khalil Mack. uh, How do you compare uh, to Belichick? How do you compare uh, Khalil Mack to Lawrence Taylor? I love his answer. Maybe one of the greatest answers I've ever heard. This is Lawrence Taylor we're talking about, right? <laughs> I, I'm not putting anybody up there. I love what he said. I'm not putting anybody it's, it's, up there. Ben
3: Belichick's right. There is <laughs> nobody. Right. And, and the Giants have been waiting for somebody for two decades, three decades to to look something like LT. And I'm not saying K- Thibodeau is going to be that guy, but he could be a wrecker. He wrecked the commander's season on that Sunday night game. He pl- by himself pretty much on defense, right? So he's capable. There's, there's no question about it. If he can, if he can play well, then he can be late to meetings like LT was. That's right. But it's going to take something like that, right? It's going to take, you know, an LT inspired performance by a guy like Thibodeau, you know, or that defense right now, I think is a little bit better than people think. They know the Eagles very well. They did not game plan very well for them the first time around. And I'm all, I am trusting Martindale, Sirianni head to head. i Sirianni's done a really good job, but to me, that's not an advantage. That might be a wash. So, if it's advantage, uh, you want to go the other way. Who do you take, Dable or Jeremy Gannon? I'm taking. Who are you taking? I'm taking Dable. I'm taking Brian Dable. So, I think because of the brain trust at hand, I'm going to trust those G-men to keep this
4: thing within seven and a half. Kelly, did he just ask me a question like in my cousin Vinny? What do you call these? Trees, (laughs) Trees, <laughs> what are the things on the trees? <laughs> Leaves. I think Dave just did that to me with the Brian Dayball question. It was a
3: very, it was very my cousin Vinny
5: The way you set that one up, you're like, Who are you taking? Oh, my biological <laughs> clock is ticking. <laughs> I mean, what do you mean, this- mud in the tires?
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's that, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at those coordinators and the head coach against the head coach and their coordinator, and I'm going to trust that brain trust. And the, the way that, that Dave – well, Danny Dimes, say what you will. They, they're going to have to renegotiate whether or not he even comes back to New York. is still a question. We don't know. They don't have to do anything. Dave, but, bless you. Every criticism I had of you today and this past
4: week on your Cowboys, I take them all back based on that statement alone. This, this notion that Daniel Jones has become Bill Sims now. in 86 and – you know, I don't know. but The Giants actually really had anybody besides Eli, and even then, you can argue it was the defense Haas, that carried that them in the Super Haas, Bowl. Haas, yeah,
3: but and like that's it. That, that's it. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> the thing, though. It's like you look at this, and every time, if you listen to Brian Dable closely, and I do, and they say hey, after the Minnesota game, you know how the media, how we are. Hey, Coach, how about Danny Dimes? What'd you think? Yep, played good. Yeah, other guys played good around him, made him play good. Yeah, yeah, he was good. Going to need him to be better next week. I was like, whoa, that's like a parent with tough love and just does not want to say A-plus to the report card for the
5: kid. Sure. Right? I mean, he's playing – they're playing him in the their their offensive game plan, at least last week, and and we've seen it a bunch recently in these big games, is very much what we see in Buffalo. Right? And it was Buff- – it, it, it's Josh Allen, you're going to run the ball a ton, and Daniel Jones, they're basically putting in the Josh Allen role – and very very soon here <clears throat> this weekend, he's going to look very much not like Josh Allen in the Josh Allen role. Well, who beats you on the outside,
3: right? If you're Darius Slay, who am I taking away, right? There, there's no alpha receiver, yep. for, so you can you can spy Daniel Jones. And then say Slay's taking away one. I can, you know, I can go ahead and single up guys because we're not that worried. We don't have to double anybody in the outside. So if you trust your corners, and that's what Jeremy Gannon's going to do, then you can spy Daniel Jones. The Vikings did not
5: do that. Plus, people—all I keep hearing is people, you know, uh, making sure we get hits on Jalen Hurts early. I'd be, I'd be thinking the other way if I was Philly. Let's get some hits on Daniel Jones. I, yeah, you early. You know he's you, lying in this guy keeps run,
3: oh. liking to run a lot. Virginia Tech great, Tyrod
5: Taylor. I
3: like Tyrod. I think he's Led the best backup in the league. They, by the way, they didn't play him in Week 18 for a reason. Yes, you're right about that. Absolutely right. Just in case. More NFL talk next, right here on Big Bets.
0: v Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v the sports betting network.
3: Welcome back. This segment of v Big Bets is presented by Zin Nicotine Pouches. A surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine on your terms. And nicotine patches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, there have been times in life where I feel like I needed to make a change. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. I'm sure a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate. Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is just a little bit different. Everyone is on their own journey. So whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zinn will be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor at the right time. If you think about making a change and want to learn more today. Check out nicotine pouches at zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N. Com. This product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So is this show. Some would say I'm all Shaw. Dave Ross here with you. This is Big Bets. The Friday edition, we went down the Saturday games a little bit earlier in the program. Let's go through the Sunday games. Now, this does have a heavyweight Final Four type appeal. Uh, certainly, th- these two teams feel like they could be the best in their respective divisions. That would be the Bengals and the Bills and the Cowboys and the Niners. Let's start off with the Bengals and Bills. Now, this number has been on the move a little bit here. Five and a half is where it rests today. It hit as high as six at South Point, back down to five and a half, opened around four and a half, immediately went up to six. It's kind of been bouncing back and forth. The total has come down a little bit to 48 and a half here. Amal, what do you make of the Bengals? We know the offensive line. Whale Collins will not be available. We don't know about uh, Alex Kappa. We don't know about Williams at left tackle. But we know that even if those two guys can play, knowing Collins will not be there. Both out, I believe I saw. Wow. Yeah, that's so big. So all three of the five starting linemen will not be available officially for the Bengals against the Bills.
4: Whew. That's a big blow, Dave. When you look at it from a Cincinnati standpoint, that's the big area of concern. Remember, we were concerned the last couple of years with the Cincinnati offensive line to begin with. Now you've got a Buffalo team that's been effective in terms of getting off to the passer at times. No, Miller Miller's a big blow yep. still for the Bills. But... Can you keep Joe Burrow upright? Because if you do give him time, he's going to pick you apart. We already know that. If he can't, then I think Cincinnati could be in for a long day here. I haven't played any of these games this weekend. The one I'm looking at, I'm not touching the NFC games. I think the I think the numbers are right where they should be. I am really looking forward to that Giants game. I want to see how Daniel Jones fares against this team. Mm-hmm. The Dallas game, like I said, I'm pulling for the Cowboys because it'll be interesting for us next week. I don't want you to be all depressed and everything. I might not show up. Well, that's fine. If you're depressed, I'd rather you stay home. But uh, I used to take
3: real sick days in in like high school. I wouldn't show up for school. The
5: watched a few good men on loop. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Like, mom, can I just have some chicken soup and Tom Cruise?
5: Just put him
4: him
3: on the loop. (laughs) Are you you the real Aaron Sorkin? Did you write the movie? No, but by the way, the Navy lawyer was uh, out of uh, Oceania on Virginia Beach where I grew up. Um That is a true story. Based on a
4: true story. Uh, the you know when I look at these these matchups right now, you know I'm sure a lot of people have confidence in their bets or whomever they may be taking, but I, I'm not betting any of these games, Dave. Maybe an in play, there'll be an opportunity. Um, you know I love watching Mahomes play. Mahomes is like must see TV. So regardless of whether I end up on that game or not, the to me I'm leaning Cincinnati. I'm leaning KC. But I'm not looking to bet any of these games. And even if I do, it's going to be for small amounts.
3: We know that like Dan Quinn is going to be up for the Denver job. A lot of these coordinators are going to be hot coordinators. One coordinator nobody talks about is probably because I can't pronounce his last name, Lou. Is it Amarillo for the Bengals? Because I can't say. It's like it's he's the no-name coordinator for the Bengals. And Lou Amarillo.
5: Has done an amazing... LaMorillo? Why did I even have to look this up, Dave? Gosh, I just butchered it even more. He's such a good coordinator, and nobody talks
3: about him. I mean, look at their run to the Super Bowl last year, right? Joe Burrow was barely upright. That defense held them in games. Defense and special teams. They get all the way there, and they almost win the damn thing last year. And this year, the unit nobody talks about is the Cincinnati Bengals' defense. And if Josh Allen... What, 30 turnovers, including the postseason yeah. for the Bills. They are an Apple turnover.
5: If they keep turning it over, Lou, I And Arumo. And Arumo. I, th- I think I found a pronunciation guy. Anna Arumo. You're right, though. Nobody talks about him.
3: He's a great, not good, great coordinator. So I <laughs> did play the Bengals, and I played them in a teaser as well. And part of that handicap for me, all is trusting that defense And just knowing that Buffalo, if they're Buffalo, they're going to give you at least two opportunities to take it away.
4: Well, first of all, the reason why I've never heard anybody talk about him is because nobody thinks Cincinnati's defense is great.
3: What? I think they are underrated. I know that they have issues at corner because they have Eli Apple. I hope Mrs. Apple is not watching because she will tweet at us. Who cares? Probably won't be kind. Should ask her.
4: How come your son didn't any, learn any life skills when he was under your umbrella at home? <laughs> so
3: Eli Apple. Don't be afraid, Dave. Dave. Don't,
4: don't be, be afraid. We're all going to get canceled eventually. I might like,
3: as well go down on your sword. If it's Steph Diggs against Eli Apple, that's a problem, right? So we get that. There's going to be matchups that Josh Allen's going to be able to exploit, but that pass rush is underrated, I think, by the Bengals. And we saw what Miami did last week. Right, little little blitz on the outside. Allen never saw it coming. Strip sack, fumble, touchdown. So again, you might not get lighting in a, in a bottle again. But I just think the Bengals defense might be a little bit more pesky than people think. Um, Six fewest yards per game this season allowed.
4: Well, I don't. I'm not talking about coordinators unless they're in the top five.
3: It's the sixes is isn't good enough. <laughs> But that's why it's you know me. I, I love to look at the coordinators. Yeah. And and that's a battle for me. And Ken Dorsey, by the way, is up for jobs, right? That the...
4: I, I listen, I thought Ken Dorsey was smart when he was at Miami. I love KD. I think he's gonna be
3: tremendous. All right. Let's get to the game that everybody wants to talk about. That is the Cowboys against the Niners. And I asked Kelly if he could look up one prop that I haven't played yet. Mm-hmm. It's the Cowboys team total. And I said to Sean, in audio, he's you know it's like hey you know what about Zeke Elliott? I'm like well it's not a Zeke Elliott game unless it gets down to the goal line. He's like well, they got to get down there. I said they will. Like the Cowboys will be a three touchdown team. The team total 20 and a half. If you had to play the team total for the Dallas Cowboys in Santa Clara, which way would you play?
4: God, dude, <laughs> this is why I'm not betting this. It's, a, it's, it's a great it's, call. A, it's a great call. It's a great number. Um, Dallas needs to get over it to win the game. Yes. Last year was, what, 23-17? A 17-14, very low scoring. It was only 17-14? No, 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 that can't be right, because otherwise they would have kicked a field goal.
3: Oh, well, they, they ran out of time, remember? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Dak. 23-17. Oh, maybe, I, yeah, I, it was one score. I just remember at the end, Dak spiked it when they ran out of time. That, that 23-17. Cal- 23-17. Yeah, come on. Look at you. That summarizes Cowboy fans
4: at their finest. I just try to just shave the loss and make it even closer than it was. There's only three it was. points in
3: 06. <laughs> yeah, so like, but last year was like Debo. It was Jimmy G, and he had a bad wing, so they couldn't really take advantage in the past game. What really surprised me last week? Now Brady threw it sixty six times, but they really struggled against the Cowboys' back four. Now J. Ron Curse got hurt late in that game, and stop backing like J. Ron Curse is Dion. If you haven't been watching J. Ron Curse, J. Ron Curse is a hitter and he's a cover guy, and he ended that great streak that Brady had of no no turnovers in the inside the 20 and 8,000 years. He threw him the ball. I know, but J Ron curse was the guy that ended it. So I'm hoping that J Ron will be able to go. And if he goes, he makes a big difference. Donovan Wilson's another big hitter, but you have to pack a lunch against these Niners because Debo comes and he's going to be coming to look to truck. You CMC runs hard. Iuke is not an easy guy to tackle. So, Amal, um, to me, it's like, can you can the first guy get you get down? If that's the case, Cowboys got a shot. If they've got to get three guys, four guys to take down Debo Samuel like they did last year, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. I have a question for you. Let's
4: say Dallas pulls the upside, guys. Remember, San Francisco, their opponents, after they face the 49ers the next week, you're not they're not gonna over, let me, not, over for the season. You're not going to let me enjoy the win.
5: <laughs> Dave, no. let me tell you something. You get to hedge your emotional loss by by a guaranteed lost the next week by whichever team's facing the
3: 49ers Oh, in 16 I, i'm sorry what the hell did he just say i think what he was saying was I that don't... if the cowboys win this week knowing that whoever plays the niners the next week loses dude i've known kelly for
4: a long 16 i weeks. just
5: confused myself all time yeah, okay yeah.
3: i thank god
4: because i've known kelly for a long time nice guy friend of mine dude he just gave me a <laughs> stare that i was like dude I might have to I might have to pull out some of my brass knuckles here that I mean I'm like, dude,
3: this is about to go down here. It will be tough <laughs> tough knowing that statistic that you play the Niners, this is my point, you get beat up. You get beat up physically, right? They're just a tough win, lose, or draw. Well, if you win and then you move on, like the Cowboys hosting the Giants next week, they're gonna be
5: banged up when they host the NFC Championship. Right, so you game. Like, can emotional hedge by betting on the Giants. That's the what six. I was trying to
4: say. Oh, right. Real quick,
5: I think Jacksonville.
4: In this order, Jacksonville, the Giants, Dallas, and then Cincinnati, those are the four teams that have to score first in order to be able to win their game. I think Cincinnati is the one that can fall behind and come back. Mm-hmm. I think Dallas could do it if it's not a large number. I think the Giants and Jacksonville have to score early, get a lead. But doesn't Dallas have to do the same in essence to control San Francisco's running game?
3: Yeah, and you really don't want to put it on Dak to throw it 44 times. You really don't. You'd like to use 20 and 21. Very quickly, how many of these four outright dogs do you think can will win this weekend? How many of the four can or will? Will. Uh, one or two. I think at least two. I have. Woo! I think at least two dogs win outright. I think it's going to be a wild divisional round. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk much more about the NFL and also check in on college basketball this weekend as well. Come on back. It's big bets here on Visa.
0: v Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v the sports betting network.
3: The football playoffs are heating up with BetRivers Online Sportsbook. BetRivers is your go-to sportsbook for all things football this playoff season. Celebrate this weekend with our divisional round uh, parlay insurance, then extend the fun throughout the rest of the playoffs with our playoffs first touchdown insurance. Log on to BetRivers.com, download the BetRivers app today to get in on all the action. It is a whole new ball game. I wanted to bring this to your attention, Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here with you. This is Big Bets. And uh, our buddy Brian McFadden's been on the show many times, two-time Super Bowl champion from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He sent me this um, NFL release that he got that basically said already more than 50,000 tickets have been sold in one day for the potential Mm. neutral site game for the AFC title in Atlanta between the Bills and the Chiefs. And I just texted back Get used to it because I think what's happening here. And I want to get your opinion in Park Avenue, New York city, where the execs are, Roger Goodell and company. Don't tell me they're not rooting for certain things to happen. We were kind of talking during the break, like what would be the highest rated championship game? Would it be Cowboys Eagles? Would it be Niners Eagles? Would it be Niners Giants? I mean, there's great matchups in the NFC historically, right? In the AFC, do they want bills, chiefs? You would think they would. Because that's the rematch from last year. But if you go to the neutral site, I wonder if this becomes something because they just sold 50,000 tickets in one day, and we don't even know if the game's going to happen, that they might say, hmm, you know what? We're going to switch the old business model, and we're going to kind of go the way of college football, and maybe we'll make the title games in the respective conferences neutral sites. Kelly, does Veasan allow drinking on air?
5: Um, that's questionable. They're wow. doing it. Was wrong. he drunk? <laughs> They're doing what, it. What is he out of? Are you fifty thousand seats? I didn't, I, I didn't
4: realize I was talking to Demora Smith over here. I
5: thought you were the two that told me it wasn't gonna be it wasn't gonna be a high selling affair. They oh, well, you're putting this you game right in Hold on uh-huh.
4: a second. Eighty percent of those tickets have been bought by brokers.
3: Right, so, yeah, cool. the 50000 I that go day one, 80 not literally,
4: Not literally 80 but I'm going to tell you right now, a ton of those tickets have been bought by brokers. As a guy who was a ticket broker myself in college and in the early parts of my life. So, is that
5: people are not going to show up to the game? They've yeah. sold tickets? I don't know, show? but
4: there'll be a lot of people. You watch, there'll be people eating some tickets.
3: Well, look, when the Buccaneers became the first team to play in their home stadium yeah. and win the Super Bowl, and then the Rams yeah, ironically yeah. did it back-to-back, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't an issue because of ticket sales, right? It's Just because you're the home team doesn't mean you get an inordinate amount of tickets, right? It wasn't like a home Super, field Super advantage.
4: Super Bowl doesn't count. They, they're all corporate seats to get out. There's like a few – the fans the that are season ticket holders, there's a small number of people that
3: get seats. Most of these are already accounted for a long time ago. Well, then you tell me who the league's rooting for. Who is the league rooting for in the AFC and the NFC matchups? If Roger Goodell was, was stuck with truth serum, and you made dude, Roger Goodell dude. tell the truth. Who's he rooting for? Giants at Dallas. Yep, ooh, without, ooh. without a doubt.
4: Without a doubt. And then um, Kansas City hosting Cincinnati,
3: so that they avoid the Bills, Chiefs neutral neutral site. Yes, absolutely. Like- Wow, that's interesting. Because I almost wonder if they want to see the experiment
5: play out. I think I, I'm I'm actually with Dave on this one. I think they want to see it play out. I don't think the teams matter. I think they want to see it play out. I do too. I think it's a like, oh no, we don't want
3: it. Wink, wink. Let's see how this goes as a potential rollout for what could happen in the
5: future. I found it interesting. I was reading an article yesterday. Found it interesting that Lamar Hunt apparently was the first person that pitched this idea of having champ- the conference championship games at neutral sites because he thought there should be a concern at that point in the playoffs about weather impacting games and possibly favoring one team more so than another. Now, a very different era of football uh, we might have been talking back then. How about that?
3: The late, great Lamar Hunt probably brought this in the 60s or when the merger happened in 69, right? I mean, I I wonder if this has been something that we never think about because it's just never happened. We've never seen it. And now we actually might see it. And it could that destination could be known come Sunday night. Right, well, I've said all along
5: the NFL should have every stadium should be a dome. I I, I totally agree with that. The uh, the one I'll say the one I'll say is Jeff Dar- Darlington had a good tweet about this today. I thought where he, he was talking about just being at AFC and NFC championship games, covering them and covering Super Bowls. And he was saying it's not even close the comparison of when a team wins an afc or nfc championship game and the reaction from a home crowd in that situation versus when a team wins a super bowl at a you know at a random neutral site that hosts the super bowl right it's not the same and i think that's a part that you are taking you're taking you would be taking a massive thing away from a fan base if you're gonna if you made those afc nfc championship games at neutral sites i
3: agree i hope they don't do it but i do think secretly they're kind of wanting to see how that would play out, how it looks, how the, the reception is from the general public, the ticket sales, all of those things. And then they go, hmm, let's talk about this in the owner's meetings, boys, and figure out if we want to kick this kick the can down a little bit for next year.
4: Dave, for people that aren't aware, you're one of the nicest guys in the world. <laughs> but I can't sit by here and listen to this blasphemy, blasphemy going on here right now. <laughs> Dave, you sound like Tory Hunter's friend who pitched him an idea of, on furniture that would float if your house floods. <laughs> Tory Hunter? Yeah. That was a real thing? We, we think I just made that up by floating furniture if your house floods? Tory Hunter. Had a friend. D, had a friend. D, the the D, D, great Miami center ended? fielder. No, he did not.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> just say. You, wow, I almost I had that. heard the story before either.
4: Well, the point being Google is. On the break. <laughs> <laughs> the, the point being is. Do you want fans to have to travel the games? Do you rather want to have them? You don't get Hello, any. B-
3: I'm with you guys. I don't want it. But what I'm saying is the league is sinister and they don't care about those home fans. No, 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 Dave, Dave. And they're like, Hey, if I can make a buck at the Mercedes dome bowl,
4: how are they making more money by the game being played at a neutral site than if it's at home? I wonder. And that's what I always
3: wonder in college. Are they, is that
4: the way they're making it? They don't do it because first of all, it's such an unfair advantage. Sure. Yes. college, College football has the greatest home field advantage of any sport. The other thing is with college, you're given three, four weeks of time. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl this year is in Arizona. Mm-hmm. We already know that. Mm-hmm. So you have enough time to plan if you want to go down there. To me, putting people in a situation where the Bengals win on Sunday, now all of a sudden you've got to buy tickets to go to City X. To Detroit. It's,
3: it's,
4: well, wherever right, it might right, right, be. Point,
3: right. But let's say it's in Los Angeles. I hope they don't do it. I'm just, I'm just wondering aloud if the league is secretly rooting for that to happen to see how it would play out. You, you mentioned college football. I want to bring this up, too. You heard of this guy at Primetime? Yes, sir. Deion Sanders in Colorado had flipped a five star corner. Gormani McLean, who was going to the U and now he's going to CU. He's going to be Team Buff and Mike Pritchard. That gives Sanders his first five star. And McLean was rated the number four prospect overall on ESPN. Um,. Does this change our perception of what Prime might be able to do in year one? We're guesstimating that win total is going to be around six, somewhere in there for the Buffs? I think it's a little bit high. Five and a half, somewhere in that vicinity? Like I'm anticipating when that line comes out that it's going to be somewhere in that vicinity. But you and I have already looked at it. Look, it's not going to be easy for Coach Prime in year one. I mean, the schedule's loaded. It's not even just about the schedule. It's a bad roster.
4: I mean, this was a team that won one game. By the way, I made one of the worst bets of the 2022 season. I took CU second half against TCU. Oh, my. The,
3: uh, what saw, were they getting?
4: I want to say six and a half or seven and a half. What were they down at halftime? I think maybe 10. I don't even remember. It didn't end up 17. 17. I don't even. Know. I thought they were playing make it take it. TCU had the ball every time I saw it. <laughs> it's he's t- it's a true rebuilding, right. it, it truly is. It's not the situation that Dykes walked into at TCU. Um, TCU re- uh, recruited pretty well in their defense. Yep. I'm being biased because my buddy was their defensive coordinator who got fired once uh, Gary was out there. Yep. But it was a situation where they had pretty good talent, and then. You know, Dykes brought a couple of guys in from SMU, but it was that wasn't the thing. They had a quarterback in Max Dugan. He got the opportunity. He wasn't initially going to be the starter. Got it turned around. Sonny Dykes is a great offensive coach. They took advantage of it. Did very, very well in a down year for Texas and Oklahoma. Not taking anything away from what TCU accomplished. Everything came together perfectly. I think Colorado's in a much more challenging situation. You've got a generational talent, a quarterback at USC, and the good thing is you've got a genera- generational defensive coordinator who should be in the Big 12 where he belongs And <laughs> Alex Grinch. USC won't play any defense. By the way, this is, you know, listen, I have friends that went to SC. I speak at SC every semester. Love the people there. But let me tell you, it puts, t- I take great pleasure in the fact that USC lost to Tulane in college football.
3: An amazing comeback if you had Tulane like we did that day. Yes, had him um, money line in game. It was a, a great comeback. Very quickly, ju- when when I hear flipping a recruit, right? Yep. So a verbal commitment was made to the U. Obviously not in writing, and then you go get him. Is Dion going to keep doing more of this? Is this not not the last of flipping five stars? First of all, he's
4: Dion, but it's beyond that because a lot of the younger kids won't be able. to... They know the name, but they you don't relate to him the same way we did right. watching him. But I got to tell you, he's dynamic. I've watched some of his speeches. Oh man, like. You'd want to go play for him. I understand the attraction. Boulder's got a beautiful campus.
3: You're in the Pac-12 in CU, so anywhere you are, you're not going to be that far of a flight away from Denver anyway. Can't wait to see that win total on CU. That's going to be um, highly bandied about as to which wait. way to go. Because yep. it could get too high, and the under could be a play. We'll discuss that uh, certainly as we get to college football season. Nick Whalen's up next from RotoWire here on Big Bets.